0: here with ben ben how are you bro living the dream <laughs> oh let's go i love that living the dream um what is the dream
1: i think uh waking up with breath in your lungs hey that's, that's basically that's my litmus test as long as hey. that happens
0: let's go. <laughs> or the dream hey we're 30 seconds in we're already preaching let's go <laughs> um ben tell tell us a little bit about who you are like where are you from what do you do
1: yeah, man. I uh, so I grew up in New England. Um, I'm a New England native. I was born in Chicago, um, but got swiftly pulled up and moved to New Hampshire, um, just due to being the son of a, a preacher. Uh, mm-hmm. We we took over a church in New Hampshire back in 2002, uh, and we've just been up here ever since. So, I kind of uh, found a, a love for for music. At a very early age,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: probably about three or four years old, I started playing the drums and singing and um, just kind of realized that that's what I wanted to do with my life from that time moving forward. And uh, I've just been pursuing it ever since and and hopefully remaining uh, where I should be with God all the, all the while, so.
0: Yeah, oh, that's incredible. You, I mean, you went from Midwest to East coast. Um, how old were you? I was about two when we moved. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've never been to the East coast. I I've always wanted to, I'm a Yankees fan. So I'm kind of a fake fan. Cause I've never yeah. been actually to New York, but <laughs> I've seen him play like 16 times if that counts. But
1: okay. All right. Yeah.
0: So you said that you're, um, is your dad still a pastor preacher? He is, yeah. So yeah. Our,
1: our church closed in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, it just basically there's a lot of issues with the, the elders and whatever. Um, and my dad's pastor uh, ended up just saying, "Bro, I care way more about your heart and your family than I do your ministry. Um, because if if that if your heart and your spirit and your soul isn't where it needs to be, the ministry isn't going to flourish. Um, so he kind of gave him the green light to uh, closed down the doors of the church. So we did that. And it's, it's kind of funny. It, it happened like right before COVID hit. Right. right. Um, so it was very interesting. We didn't even plan on that. It was like announced in December. And then all of a sudden it's like every church started closing its doors and whatever. Yeah. Um, so we started having a, um, home church just in our house with who was left of our congregation. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and in that time, my parents kind of went around, searching for places um, for those people to, to find a new home, a new church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had uh, formally made a connection with the church about 40 minutes north, right on Lake Winnipesaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 2017, I led worship for a big 4th of July thing that they had. And um, I became really connected with their youth at the time I was 17, 18. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of strange because every time I came home, from hanging out with them i told my parents i said i i feel oddly connected with them mm-hmm. uh, and they're like well they're, they're your brothers and this is before our church had closed and um they're like you know you don't have to go to church with them to be friends and family with them and, yeah. and i'm like no it feels deeper than that i don't know what it is um so when our church closed i went to their uh christmas party mm-hmm. and i was there watching the it was a slideshow of the past year's events of 2019. And uh, I was in the slideshow more than the pastors <laughs> did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, and I started crying. I'm like, what is going on right now? And, and God just very simply said, this is your home. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So I kind of came home and I told my parents, I said, I, I know where I'm going to church. Uh, whether or not you come with me, that you know, that's totally up to you and God. Um, but they followed shortly after that summer, um, and mm. we got locked into that church. My dad's now a, a preacher there. So wow, that's uh, incredible. Yeah, it's it's been a wild journey, man. But there's so much happening. It's just yeah. so blatantly uh, the hand of God. So we're mm. just excited, you know, where we're at.
0: Yeah, well, that's incredible. And I I kind of came from the polar opposite. Um, my family was not in the church at all, and I got saved at fifteen. And really, my family is still following as I go. Yeah. And with you, like with that, how did all that go? Like, I'm sure that there was always seasons of having like being the pastor's kid and all that. Like, did you say true to your faith? Was there a time where you left the faith? Is there, how did all that work?
1: Yeah, I, I would say um, not once in my life did I not believe that God existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I always, I always loved him and I always had a heart for him but my lifestyle didn't always follow suit. Yeah. Um, so there was a, a large chunk of my life where I was just kind of going through the motions, you know, and I was even serving at church at that time mm. in ministry. And, and yet, you know, it, that was just a for Sunday, you know, Right. And I would go to church and just go do my thing. And uh, th- there was a lot of a hurt that came out of that uh, because I was still loud about being a Christian. Mm was really all i was and, and it, it it kind of i like to compare it to what paul uh speaks about in um, if i have not love i'm nothing but a, a clanging symbol yeah uh, that's that's kind of what i was that's quite literally what i was where i was like preaching jesus like oh yeah you know but i wasn't living it mm. and so all it did was hurt a lot of people and um i fell into this just extremely selfish lifestyle of well, I think I'm, I'm good because I, I hadn't discovered God for myself. I only knew God for what my parents told me he was. Um, and so I just kind of lived off that. I lived yeah. off their anointing, you know, right. and thought that I could get by with it. And I knew the whole time I knew that, you know, this isn't right. I, I've mm-hmm. been called to such greater things than what I'm doing right now. Um, but I just, I didn't care. I truly did not care. Uh, Thank you. It's so weird to look back at like, yeah, what was I doing? And, and, and again, it, it hurt a lot of people. And I think there are people that are still hurt by who I was and the decisions I made mm. um, in that time of my life. Um, yeah. But it, it, it all kind of, I would say flipped around in 2020 when COVID hit mm. um, and I lost everything. I mean, cause my life at that point was dependent on being on the road and doing shows and Mm -hmm. leading worship. And so it was like within a week, I lost four uh, major festivals and and two major tours and just every weekend in between. And it all just dissipated. Yeah, And um, I remember driving home and I was, I was mad. I was mad at God. Like, and I, I tell people like, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but there are times where I forget who he is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what's wrong? Yeah. Like, what do you, you know, it's kind of that, that moment of just uh, where your life has relied so much on what you can do and not him. Mm. So I was so frustrated. I was so angry. And it was beyond losing a paycheck. You know what I mean? It was beyond yeah. like losing my career. It was like, this is what I was created to do. Like, this is mm-hmm. my destiny. And it just got stripped away, you know? and uh god slapped me across the face man in that moment and he's like bro (laughs) what and (laughs) i remember i was driving home and uh i was listening to uh have my heart by elevation yeah and i'm just crying out to god i'm like what are you what's what's happening right now what what do you do you gave me all of these things only to have them stripped away you're like what is what is he saying right now and uh He said, Ben, I I just want your heart. That's it. And that was like the first time in my life that I had heard that from him. You know, Mm -hmm. I I lived my entire life thinking that I could be um, and do what he called me to do, and that would kind of, you know, gain me his respect and his love. And and this is the first time where he's like, Hey, you know, all those things that the world places you on a pedestal for, all -hmm. those things that people, Treat you differently
0: because the so, uh, I I really appreciate you talking about just the the heart and I I was just talking to a guy from the Seattle Seahawks a so way different type of um, world but still is a believer in um, the same thing man like he could have all these things but if at the end of the day if he misses what God actually wants um, which is his heart. Um, it was all um, not even worth it you know because we have platforms and we have jobs and we have all this stuff and even like our abilities is just worship like it's funny to think about him like he's a tight end for the Seattle Seahawks he's worshiping God um yeah. through his hands his our work is our worship and yeah. for you man like what what kind of moved that needle for you I mean I'm, I'm interested I, I play a little guitar not anything to be like dangerous or whatever, but like going from just in uh, liking to sing or liking to play a guitar or drums, like you said, to saying, okay, I think I might be able to do this for a living.
1: Yeah. Um, It was at a Jeremy Camp concert. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I was about, I think I was 10 years old and I just saw, I didn't see the lights and I didn't hear great music. I saw the impact of what he was doing. Mm. on the the people that were there that night and uh i i turned to my mom and i said this is what i want to do and yeah. she was like what you know be a rock star wait what i said no i want to impact people with music you know i i really do um and so again i was about 10 at that time yeah. so it was a long moment until i was act- actually doing that um for a living full time mm. um but they, that was the moment i remember just very very vividly that I actually decided this is the path I want to take um and it was yeah it was it was a cool moment it's weird that I remember it yeah
0: for sure I mean I I'm such a very different um there we go sorry yeah I will just cut that part yeah I mean I it's very very different but when I really felt called to be a pastor or preacher I remember um, I was sitting at like a, a Dare to Share event. Did you ever go to one of those? Do what I do. And I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, I'm an entrepreneur. And um, I was sitting at a Dare to Share event. Did you ever go to one of those? No, no. Yeah, so there was like, I was like 14. Um, and the the singer was playing Oceans, of course. It sounds like every single 23-year-old's testimony. Um, I was freshly saved and I just felt this... Um, <laughs> But I, I was sitting there, and I was thinking about um, just watching the the crowd worship, and the preacher was engaging with the crowd, and I just remember looking at my youth pastor and having no concept, no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to make a difference. No matter what, I just wanted to be a part. I didn't care um, if I was stacking chairs or if I was the preacher. Um, I remember the first time even preaching, and I was like, I don't even know if this is it. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do know that I'm called to be a part of whatever God's doing. And honestly, man, it's been like seven years of just saying yes and just figuring it out and trying to learn how to um, lead people. And one day you're um, at dinner with a couple who's talking about a divorce and the next day you're preaching at a conference. Like there's just like this constant, it doesn't matter what it is, but I do know God um, is right in the middle of people who just want to say yes and be available. And Then um, everybody wants this platform thing, you know, and um, I think it it comes through just availability and us wanting to be a part of what God's doing. You know, we're just partnering with whatever He's doing. Like, sure. I'm sure if tomorrow He wakes you up in the middle of the night and goes, "Hey Ben, I want you to do whatever," you'd go, "Yes, send me." You know. Yeah. Um, and really, like for you, man, what what does the next couple of years look like for you? Like, what do you feel like God's stirring in your heart um, of what you feel called to do?
1: I um so I I, I kind of am still in the middle of um uh, but this encounter that began kind of Decemberish January, of God just calling me to the college campuses, mm. um, and I could delve into it. It's the the whole thing is full of just crazy crazy miracle signs and wonders like yeah stuff that you know one day of this encounter is enough for people to go Are you serious? Like that mm. that happened. Um, but it's been just in intense, uh, but God has been very, very clear. And the only thing I know at this time is that I'm, I'm to minister at college campuses. Um, I, I see it. There's a lot that's been, uh, revealed, um, and most of it pertaining to just the outpouring of God, just a move of God. Um, I, I think we're, we're on the edge of, uh, an awakening,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in this nation, um, but there's things that need to happen beforehand, uh, and it's just this heavenly blueprint of before there's a, an awakening, there must be a revival. Uh, yeah. uh, but before there's a revival, there must be reformation, and so we're kind of like navigating that area right now within the church, mm-hmm. uh, within just the hearts of the saints. And but yeah, God's just really called me to to minister in college campuses and um, reach that. Uh, Area of people uh, because it's the next generation. And these kids are so lost. You know, they they don't they don't have truth. They don't have stability. Uh, and if there's one thing that I know that contains truth and stability, it's it's God in his gospel
0: yeah. and,
1: and Jesus and his love. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of just where we're we're focusing on. He has us in a place now of of just waiting and praying, fervent prayer is so important. Yeah. So we don't really people ask me like when, you know, people that have been keeping up with it, when and what does it look like? And and I'm like, I have no clue. I don't know any of that. But that's purposeful. God has been very intentional. It's like a Gideon encounter Mm -hmm. where he's like, all right, get rid of half your men. And it's like, wait, what? What are you what are you talking about? And like until up until the moment the Midianites flee their camp, Gideon didn't know what was going on. Like Mm -hmm. he had no clue. He just said yes, constantly said yes. Yeah. um, That's kind of what I compare it to. I find myself in this place of just constantly saying yes, constantly surrendering and allowing God to do the work. Mm. Uh, Because in the end, he gets all the glory for it. Yeah. He wants, you know,
0: hundred percent. Yeah, man, that's so good. And I mean, even like looking at um, maybe a viewer or a listener is um, like 16 and thinks about um, I want to do something big for God. Well, you know what the best, in my opinion, then I'm going to ask you um, the best thing you can do. If you feel called to do something big for God is to do something little because there is no measurement. Um, God doesn't have a measurement scale of big and little. He just looks at your yes or no. It's like, yes, God, so um, that's my opinion. If you want to do something big, do something little. And in and, and our finite brains, um, stack chairs, bring your pastor coffee, um, take a friend out to dinner and tell him you love them. Um, what would you say to a younger viewer?
1: I, I would say, be careful what you pray for. <laughs> yeah. In a sense of if, if, you, if you really want that, you know, if you really want to do something big, if you really want to see millions of people come to Christ, you mm-hmm. better be willing to do that. And, yeah. and that's a a daily willingness, you know, there's a, a lot of my life was spent seeing that, you know, and I truly believe God wants to use me to to do big things, but he's broken me in order to do so. Yeah. And it's a daily And it's if you're not willing to surrender as kind of along the same vein as what you were saying, if you're not willing to surrender the little things daily, Mm -hmm. then what makes you think God's going to trust you with the big things? And so if you're not living a lifestyle that aligns with this vision that you might have, and even even if it's a good one, it might not be God. So it's very beautiful. It's a very, you know, interesting place to to navigate. Okay, just because this would glorify God, does that mean it's Him? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, I would say just if if you're gonna pray big prayers, just be prepared for it, man. Right. You know, it's,
0: buckle up. It's
1: like praying for patience. Like, okay, yeah, you want to pray for patience. Be my guest, but understand what comes with that. You know, same right. goes for doing big things for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you're right, there's no such thing. You know, there really isn't. I've seen God use the smallest of things, way more than what we see as the big things. Um, and so just at the end of the day, our only job is to just serve him. You know, yeah. serve him there. it's a daily yes. It's a daily, I die to self mm-hmm. and I'm going to allow you to do what you want through me. And that's, that's really where, you know, he gets all the glory. And in the end, if we do that, we get to heaven and we look back and go, I'm happy that I lived the life that I did. And I said, yes. And I let God use me no matter how big or how small.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. in Exodus 4, God and Moses in the burning bush. And really what happens is God uses what was in his hand. Moses had a staff, you know, and there's this long journey through Exodus that we see. um, And it's literally that question that the viewer could feel like God speaks to them. Like, what did you do with what you had? So it might be, four Instagram followers or it might be 10 businesses um you had it in your hand and it's our responsibility to partner with God and steward that um and even like that like for you man like I'm sure that you have to be disciplined um one of my best friends is a music producer um and you know how everybody in America is a music producer and they say that and you're like yeah sure you are man like you got four viewers on Spotify you know like um he's like an actual actual producer you know yeah a lot yeah really great um fire music i'll send it over to you but um like he has to produce a lot like there's a lot of things he has to do every day like what does your daily routine or daily disciplines look like
1: yeah man i've I've been given the the privilege of um being full-time with this uh and and it's a place i always wanted to get to but didn't really know i was going to this early on Mm -hmm. um but that that allowed me i'd say the first like seven, eight months of being full-time was very just, I was enjoying not having to work, <laughs> yeah, you know, because right. it did work, but it was like, you know, my passion. So it was very different. Um, but they, there came a time, and this was about last year in October, where I wanted to come out with two albums this year. Mm-hmm. And my manager's like, bro, you got to move out of your bedroom and like have a studio to go to a place to yeah. separate life and work. And um, so I did. I, I took this shed in our backyard um, and just basically completely renovated it and made it a livable space. Um, and, and making a studio separate from where I was doing life mm-hmm. allowed me to then enter into a place of um, serious work. Yeah. Uh, and so now that that's what I do. And, and my workday is a little different than most, in a sense where I don't get up till ten or eleven. But I don't go to bed till two or three because my my creative juices don't start flowing till about 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. Um, So normally, you know, in the daytime, I'm running around doing meetings, running errands, kind of preparing myself and knowing that loads of work doesn't equal best work. You know, Mm -hmm. so to me, it came where I'm doing my best work if I'm only actually working on music two or three days a week. Yeah. Leaving space for just going on on prayer walks or hanging out with friends, Mm because if I'm busting my butt, I'm not I'm not gonna love what I'm doing, and I'm not gonna give it my best. Um, So I I tell people all the time, if if you're looking to create in a full time way, the most important aspect of it is self awareness. It's just Mm -hmm. knowing how you work, who you are, and and what you need in order to be the most productive and successful. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: So I, I tell people my schedule to answer your question is all over the place, but that's hey. how we need it to be, you know, right. be productive.
0: Yeah. Typical creative. Yeah. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> I, I owned a marketing agency for like four years and had like 19 employees. And it was funny working with different personalities um, with creatives because I'm not necessarily, I think I am a little bit, of, I have taught myself how to be creative um, cause I, I do social media and branding and websites and all that stuff as side hustles. Um, but my brain is very linear. Like I'm very, like I'm an Enneagram eight, very straightforward guy, like one plus one equals two. Why would I try anything else? Um, and important. Well, no, 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 I have two. Um, are you a coffee guy and do you actually like the Patriots? Cause lived over there.
1: I am a coffee guy. Um, okay. daily. I need lots mm. of it to function. Yep. Um, Probably a bad thing.
0: Nope. Uh, and, and
1: yes, a, a big New England fan: Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots. Okay, I've never been a huge sports guy. Yeah, but you know, I I do love and and have passion for for my teams. I've I've slowly become a Bucks fan just because Tom mm. Brady. Them, <laughs> but- right?
0: But I'm not being judgmental. I'm a big coffee guy every single day, and not a Patriots guy because I'm not I'm not from over there. You know, but I do like the Yankees, so I'm, I'm kind of. I'm a hypocrite. It is what it is. But who, if you don't like Tom Brady, you shouldn't listen to this YouTube video at all. And we can't be friends. Um, he's the go not a question. We can, we can, we can fight someday about the Red Sox Yankees thing, but it's okay. We're still friends, but man, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it um i i want to value your time and um, i just appreciate you your wisdom Um, i'm sure you and i could sit here probably for like six hours and just talk about life and ministry and leadership and that's what i appreciate um about you is you're generous um generous with your wisdom and time and um, um you're so much more than what you do or what you produce um god's god's pleased with you and proud of you and um dude it's just the beginning
1: Amen. Amen. Appreciate you, bro. Seriously.